Welcome to episode four of the Electronic Gentleman podcast titled Money Well Spent. In this episode, Eric and I discuss the outside resources that Core uses to make things run smoothly. Before we start, I want to give a special word of thanks to Rob Helt, the host of the Trial Technology and Litigation Support podcast. He's a good friend and collaborator, and we appreciate him plugging our show on his show. And speaking of his show, if you're in the legal industry, it's a must-listen. Tons of great information and great guests that give all sorts of detail about technology and how it's used in the courtroom. As always, the opinions reflected in this podcast are just mine and Eric's and do not represent CORE or any other company. We hope you enjoy Episode 4 of the Electronic Gentleman Podcast. And I'm Eric Pubins. Glad to see everybody again, because I can totally see you. That's exactly right. Eric uh, was sick a couple weeks ago, and he's back in action, and now I'm the one feeling sort of sick. It's the circle of life. Circle of life, that's right. So this episode is one that we referenced a couple episodes back based on things that we have decided to outsource at core versus things that we do internally, particularly administrative tasks. Ultimately, it would be nice if we could break these down into individual episodes and maybe have some guests on that could provide some details about, for instance, our bookkeepers or our insurance broker. Also, the folks we use to develop our 401k plan now and what started out as our simple IRA plan. We're going to go ahead and start with bookkeeping. I think that's one of the first things that you have to work through when you are starting your company. Eric, what are your thoughts on that? I've got a lot of thoughts on that. And, um, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about everything that that I thought about when we first started that ended up being wrong. Uh, I think that's where anybody who's thinking about starting a company, especially a service-oriented company like we have, uh, can learn from our mistakes. And I think that's what we're trying to do here. Um, bookkeeping, depending on how much money you have going in and out, uh, if, it's not, if it's not that much, uh, I guess can seem simple. Uh, so what I figured was, okay, we work on trials. We have just some pretty big invoices. We work on trials. So not that much goes in and out. It's just payroll expenses and, you know, other other sort of hardware costs and things like that, rentals and stuff. But uh, listen, it ended up being way more than I thought it was going to be. Did you feel the same way? Did you think that there was going to be just a little bit in and out of the bank account as far as transactions and it ends up being far more than you imagined. I don't, I don't know if anyone else saw that the way I did. To me, it seemed like it would be simple. Yeah, I think it surprised me at the beginning how many expenses we had to deal with. When you're a new company, you think it's pretty straightforward. We do work, we get paid, we have a few expenses to make everything operate. And we thought, especially since we're going to be a remote company, we don't have to deal with offices and that sort of thing. But there's charges here and there, small things, and it really is a matter of staying on top of it. Sometimes it's not the volume, especially at the beginning. It's a matter of just making sure everything is handled in a timely fashion. Yeah, and you know, there's not an electric uh, an electric bill or a water bill, but there's a Dropbox bill and an Airtable bill, which, you know, stuff that I'm sure you'll go over in detail of uh, remote tools that we use. But, I mean, to cut to the chase on what we learned, and, I, and I've sort of said this before, if you're not an accountant, don't do the accounting. It just doesn't cost that much to have a bookkeeper. And I'll just, I'll talk about what I, 
I mean, actually what a lot of us talked about, because I remember uh, sitting with Donnie talking about like, there's got to be someone who can give us some advice on what we actually need to do. And we ended up talking with someone that we used to work with at our old company. And she had had a, or two of them actually uh, had had their own company. And they did this thing where they did bookkeeping. They're, they're actually like forensic accountants. They're CPAs that testify at trial and stuff like that. And that's what they did when we worked with them. But they started a company, which I'll go ahead and plug. I have no reason not, not to. It's called Carter and Hatcher. Um, Laura Carter and, and Shelly Hatcher. And they have this, this company. And they have a whole bunch of bookkeepers on top of the, the work they do, the, the more intricate work they do with CPAs, that just does the basic work for for small businesses. And so you can, you can contract with them to do it. And that's what we do. But at the time we're like, you know, we're like, okay, great. And then you can handle the taxes. Like, well, we don't handle taxes. All right. Well, that blew our minds. So, and, and that's what it took a long time to learn the difference between the bookkeeping, which we thought directly was tied to your taxes versus having tax accountants. So, Takeaway number one, if you're taking anything away, there's a difference between regular bookkeeping and the taxes, and they're tied together. So you get different people to do those things. But it took us years to, we ended up going back to that company again when we finally said, now, after all this time, we now understand what you mean by you have bookkeepers that just, we we can pay hourly, and they're basically on staff for us, but they're also on staff for a lot of other companies. And for a remote business like ours, that's been amazing. Um, so th- there are companies out there when you say like, I don't know how to do this and th- I don't know how to do the accounting and the taxes. And these are all very important and you will get stung really hard if you screw up on taxes and you pay even slightly late or anything like that. I know we have sting bite marks all over our butts <laughs> from years of that happening. The reason that doesn't happen anymore, maybe you can talk about why that doesn't happen anymore. All those state taxes and and late federal payroll taxes, why did that happen? Uh, it wasn't because a professional messed it up. It was because we were doing it ourselves and we didn't have the uh, the payroll service, which is another thing. Yeah, I was going to mention that. You know, the, the, the thing about it is you can think about, you know, what does it take to just make sure that we're covering expenses? But when you add the payroll component and all that goes into making sure that's calculated correctly and that the funds are in the right account at the right time and making sure the taxes are withheld. But even before that, one thing that we should have done early on that we did not do is bring in a tax professional that had worked with small businesses a great deal. Um, we had Multi-state, multi-state small businesses if you're in that sort of situation, yeah. which we are. Absolutely. With us being remote and we we're in, it's, it's almost a state per person. Well, it's not that bad anymore, but at the time it, it was, but to some extent there's a strategy that needs to be developed when you are deciding how you're going to pay yourselves, how you're going to pay your employees. Um, and we needed somebody that could consult to us, not just give us feedback when we would provide numbers. And I think that was a big misunderstanding. We would do the basic bookkeeping. We would send out everything off to the tax accountant. Uh, and in all fairness, the person that we originally had doing the taxes was doing what their job would be if our company had a finance person. But we didn't. We had 
people that were decent at finance, and then we'd hand it off to the tax person, and I hope they would give us all the information we needed and perform miracles. What we ended up having to do in the long run is have qualified bookkeepers that could keep everything day-to-day updated, and then a qualified tax accountant that could consult to us and say, hey, it's getting to be this time of the year. We should really do some analysis and figure out um, what you're going to need to do when it comes to tax time so that there aren't any big surprises. Because like Eric said at the beginning, we had some bad surprises. Yeah, big bad surprises. Um, and hopefully nobody, nobody gets those. And, and you can really head off a lot of those big bad surprises, um, which are tax penalties, frankly, is what I'm talking about. Tax penalties and interest for both payroll um, and and income taxes for the business. Um, and it just gets complicated. And I'm not going to talk about it like I even understand it now. I even step back and say, I don't want to understand this. Uh, we pay accountants to understand it for us. Uh, if you know, if you have, if you work at your business and you've got something you're supposed to be good at, be good at that. You don't, don't try and be good at someone else's job. Um, you want people to pay you to do your job and not try and do it, do an amateur job of it themselves. Same way with your business. You waste more money trying to save money than you can imagine. I just, I just, just can't recommend, <laughs> I just can't recommend hiring professionals more, which is what this episode is about, which I think this is a, an overall episode about hiring professionals. And we're going to, we're going to plan to go in a lot more detail about each other type as we move forward. You know, it's funny because our particular job that we do is convincing lawyers to be lawyers and let us focus on the technology of their trials. And here we are, we're doing the same thing that we often accuse our clients of doing, which is why, why should you be um, diverting your attention to try to learn something not near as well as somebody who is actually trained to do it and then hobble along hoping for the best? Especially when there's, there's money at stake. There's money at stake for them, uh, for our clients, when, you know, when they are sitting or are they're trying to make their own PowerPoint that needs to convince a jury and they may not be very good at it. Uh, so that's our job. And there's, and there's money at stake to lose when you're doing your taxes and your book and your bookkeeping. Um, and it's, it's probably always going to be more money than it costs to pay a professional. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are, um, always amazed at the level of service that we get for the, um, the cost, um, that we incur. It is just not even a question. The, the, the thing about it is, and we were, I was talking about the beginning, oh, well, you're trying to avoid recurring costs. You're trying to avoid just, you know, having bills. Uh, there are certain ones that will save you so much money in the long run. And like Eric said, we can't recommend enough bookkeeping and taxes. Find somebody that can handle all that for you. And the other important thing, I think, and this is something that we still, you know, as we acknowledge in ourselves that we are not experts in these areas, we sometimes have to get multiple parties on the phone to explain to us exactly what is happening, but we need to make sure that there's a relationship between our bookkeeper and our tax accountant as well. Fortunately, um, there was a pre-existing one, which means that they had worked together in the past, Um, but it's very important that your tax accountant knows what your bookkeeping team is doing and making sure that everybody has the same strategy in mind. Um, Even after we hired our tax accountant, there was still some growing pains with regards to understanding the business that we're in. You know, a typical business, you might be able to look at their history over the past two or three years and get a really good sense 
of what you think their taxes are going to be the next calendar year. But in the business that we're in, it is so up and down that from one year to the other, we realized that we have to look at things every few months to get a sense for the trend for the year. And that's not something that every business has to do. And so every business is different and you, and you really have to work through and talk to somebody openly about, look, here's what we understand. Here's what we don't understand. Here's the way this business operates, especially if it's a unique business that's sort of um, unusual like ours, and make sure that everybody's on the same page about it. I mean, and then to add the other component to that is we have a financial advisor that we've been working with from day one who's been giving us advice on retirement. And to some extent, we have to bring that team into this discussion as well, because all of these things are connected and they all have an impact on one another. And man, nothing tunes me out faster than the retirement talk. <laughs> there, few, few things are more important than putting as much as you can into your retirement plan. And I understand that. And I understand that when you're working for the company that has a 401k, if you're not putting it in, you're turning down free money on the matching, assuming that there's matching. Um, that is as much as I want to understand about what happens to that. Because when I, you know, they'll put us on webinars and we're watching charts and graphs and they're talking and they're doing a great job of it, but I cannot understand that. So the thought of having to try and manage that, to try and manage a retirement plan from within the company, that would be a nightmare. Um, so that is very worth it. Yeah. Those seminars are geared towards finance people like they could be talking to well first of all i think if if this were a large company and a 401k plan was being designed they would anticipate getting on the phone with hr and getting on the phone with like the cfo and then those people would watch these seminars and go oh wow well yeah that makes perfect sense now i understand this is like this this and this um and, and maybe to our detriment we have no one like that and um we you know we have toyed with this idea in the past that, you know, having one person to tie all that financial knowledge together might be helpful. And as the company grows, it may be something we consider. But what it does mean is that we need to be the liaison between all of these parties. That is a job that we do need to take on and say, oh, you're doing this. Well, let's see how this impacts this. Let's bring this. Uh, let's bring everyone into a meeting or a call. Well, somebody at your company has to take point on everything. Um, otherwise, those professionals don't even have any guidance. But I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, you were running the, the retirement thing, talking to those folks who were doing that. I was listening to that conference call in my car and almost fell asleep and drove right into a high school. Um, I just I just can't listen to it. This would be a much um, different podcast if that had happened. So I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> I have insurance and those kids are mainly expendable. I know most of them. Yeah, they're quick. They would have been fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right. And you, to uh, a large extent, when we decided to outsource our bookkeeping and tax prep to a different firm, um, you have been the point person as far as invoicing, and you are the guy that you referred to before at, you're not at the 30,000 foot level, you're more at the 5,000 foot level that keeps kind of an overview of what's coming in, what's going out, just at a non-technical level, more of a, hey, I'm kind of uh, taking the temperature of the situation here. Now, often you're the one creating invoices, um, which we have someone uh, at our bookkeeping firm that creates invoices a lot of the time for us. But there are times that, again, it's good for whoever is involved in a particular case 
you know, there's often knowledge that that person's going to have that means that that invoice might need a slightly different touch. It might need a personal note or might need a little bit of a different explanation. So again, it's yeah, not all, it's, it's not all automated. <laughs> right. No, it's not automated at all. And there's, I mean, there's two of us inside the company that focus heavily on it, on invoice. It was just me for a while, but now there's two of us, uh, Genevieve and I, um, but yeah, also the, the bookkeeper, Travis, um, who's not full-time, and I'll, I'll tell you when he does the invoices is when they're difficult. I'll say, please do this one, that one, and that one, because they require all this uh, accounting style finagling to upload electronically. Right. And I didn't even want to learn how to do that, but I know how much it is and I know when it's due, um, which, and this reminds me, the invoicing, uh, you know, you send out 20, 30 invoices a month or whatever the number your, your business sends, some are going to come quick and some are go going to take longer. And since everybody here at, at this company does the work, we don't have anybody who's in the accounting department or in the billing department or anything like that. Like, you know, I'm the, Jen and I are the closest to the billing department that we have, um, but we are also working with the clients. You don't also want to be the one that's hassling them to pay the bills. And it's not when you have a relationship with someone. It's when there's a big accounts payable department in a large corporation or something like that. And that's what you have to talk to. We, we found that you can actually outsource your collections. And the, I know the first thing you think, and what I used to think was that's a collections agency. Um, and you think all those bad things and those calls. But it turns out there's people out there and we've, we've found one. And her name, Christy Wilson, and she has for years been in collections in a very nice way where <laughs> she just calls and she's like, hi, I just wanted to let you know it's, this was uh, due 10 days ago. And if there's something else I can send you, uh, to make it easier or get it in your system or if it fell through the cracks, let me know and I'll help you out. Uh, and she's been doing for that, that for us now for a couple of years. We've never got a complaint and it really made collections so much more pleasant um, and so much quicker. Um, and you can yeah. put someone like that on one of those you know, recurring fees that I used to hate, but now I understand there's a value for that. Um, so we get, this, we get this great value and it cuts down my rage factor and my, you know, concern factor of, you know, when something going to come in, because a lot of times with big companies, when you send those invoices, they do legitimately fall through the cracks. Yeah. And if you just wait forever and think, well, that's a big company, they're going to take a long time. You might be starting over at square one after 150 days because you waited too long. So but there are, there are pros that will handle that for you. And it has been awesome. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, because as we've talked about before, asking for money or the timing of when you're going to get paid is not an insult to anyone. These large corporations particularly have an entire department that probably get calls all the time, and they're not going to be offended. You're not, um, you're not asking them for anything unreasonable. You are just, and to some extent, it's a persistence issue. This is not about getting mean, like Eric said. Um, you, you, the perception is, oh, I don't want some random person, which, you know, we know Christy now, um, she's not random to us, but we don't want some outsider who doesn't know our client and the little ins and outs and the details to go in there and say something and kind of overstep and maybe damage the relationship with the client. But again, well, I'll tell you what, on that, on that, uh, I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but on that 35,000 versus 5,000, um, that's where she doesn't, she doesn't contact every one of our clients who's late. Um, I personally go into a spreadsheet and when I see something's late, depending on who it is, I will exit off as something that is for her to handle. Right. Um, there's, there are some where we just know and they keep us updated. 
and so, and for them to be asked again, she wouldn't know that that they're they've already told us something. So they don't even go on that one. So you know the, that's the same thing again. Like you don't go completely hands off and let someone who's not full time at your company do it all. But you know, I'll, but you're just directing someone to do it and not making every one of those phone calls yourself. Right. So you're kind of again, you're the liaison to determine what even gets on her plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and there are times where, particularly with clients we've known for a long time, we know that the most effective route is, hey, let's email a certain paralegal or an administrative assistant that we know and just see if they can check in, kind of, you know and see where we stand on things. And, and there are clients we have like that, but then there are other clients that, you know, we, we send to Christy and she contacts them again. She's a professional and knows how to do this um, in a professional way. And like Eric said, we're not talking about the level of collection agency here. We're talking about, I would call her a collections consultant is what I would call her. Cause that's, that's kind of what she's doing. Right. And, and what's, what's funny is when we first um, found out about her and we're referred to her, I was I was looking for someone who would be mean and and you know mm-hmm. maybe even violate all those laws that Dave Ramsey's always talking about you know call all times a day because it wasn't one of our good clients it was a one-off client and we were legitimately completely being jerked around um over you know over a pretty good amount of money and that had never happened before and I was like well we we don't want to work with this little law firm ever again so Let's yeah. let's let a real collections person go after it. And talk, I was talking to her like, all right, go chomp down, bulldog, do whatever you want. And she's like, well, I don't it's not really how I handle things. You know, I ask them if there's a problem and I'm persistent. And I'm like, oh, and then, and then she said, and I can, you know, also get with your clients that you don't hate and you're not, <laughs> and you're not mad at. And I was like, right. well, this is and, and, and to be honest, and a lot of other people might feel like this, uh, that took me quite a while to warm up to. Um, at least, you know, six to eight months of, you know, letting her go after the people we didn't like where there was no stakes. And then maybe some others were, it, you know, it wasn't, we weren't as afraid of offending them. And then seeing how that was all handled and it was handled so well, we're like, okay, you're right. You should be doing this. We shouldn't be doing this. It lets us step away and, um, and you know, and have someone who's just, the, she's, Hi, this is Christy. I'm just checking up with you again this week. Did that uh, check ever get written? And they get used to it. They like her and they chat. So it's been it's 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 been really good for us, and it could probably good, be good for a lot of more people who um, than they than think it would. Because I would have said there's no way we could have you know someone else do collections before we learn that we could. Yeah, and I think that if I remember correctly, she has a few different pricing structures that. You know, you're not necessarily going to be putting a bunch of money out there to get a, to get a little amount collected. Um, she's got different plans for kind of to scale with what people's needs are. But I mean, the alternative to this, if you think about it, is you don't. I, I think the key to collections is consistency. Most of the time, people are not just trying to keep you from getting paid. Usually, it's just the whole squeaky wheel thing. And it's, you know, when you are busy with other things like we are with you know, client work and the time just goes on and we're not getting paid, we're not getting paid, that leads to a frustration. And honestly, we may approach the issue later more frustrated than we would be. And it comes off more abrasive to the client than if it would have just been a consistent, friendly reminder along the way to keep things in line. Sure. And there's some, and there's some larger companies where you just know you can put 30 days or whatever you want on your invoice 
and they are going to pay. They automatically wait 90 days on everything they get. And you just learn that and you just kind of build that into your expectations. Yeah. I mean, it's still, you know, it's, we still find that fairly appalling. Um, but we, uh, we, we certainly, we certainly try our best to not do that to people. Right. Yeah. We, 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 they, the gold, the golden rule works for us and that we feel good about it, but it certainly doesn't get it reciprocated <laughs> yeah. uh, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's, it's challenging. And I, I think there are, um, plenty of companies out there we've come across that do their best to honor the agreements that we've uh, come to and that sort of thing. And then it seems like others are pushing the limits and pushing the limits until you ask about it. And sometimes that's all it takes. And that's why I actually think that in addition to the invoicing frequently, this kind of goes hand in hand with that. Staying on top of asking people about timing in a nice way, I think that is another thing that is very difficult for small businesses because there's this leverage. You're afraid that if you ask them, hey, when am I going to get paid? They're going to be like, well, damn, I uh, I can't believe these people ask to get paid. I've got to go find, you know, somebody else. Like, go look, yeah, go they, look at the phone not, book. They're not really about, they're about service. I mean, I thought they were about service, but it turns out they're about money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no one's really feeling that way. When, when we hear, uh, hey, this invoice was due. I haven't gotten it yet. I'm like, oh, shoot, that fell off the radar. I'm sorry. That check's going out right away. I feel bad. I don't, I'm not angry at them. Yeah. Um, that w- that was our fault. We had that invoice. Yeah. Well, and they and there are times. There's numerous times where things have either sat on someone's desk for a while, accidentally. It was waiting approval, got slipped under a piece of paper, and it's nobody trying to be mean about it, nobody trying to keep your money from you. And so that's why I think the consistency is key, and the it, you know not waiting too long and until you start getting panicked, uh, wonder what's going on. And I think that's. That, that has been one that I don't know that I would have thought of until we started it. Now, I will say this. The very first time we used her, we would have never gotten that money without her, ever. No, no way. No way. Because we just did not it's, have it's the tenacity. We would have, we would have just written it off because we just, again, we're, after a while, you're like, well, it wasn't, it wasn't a large sum of money. It was enough. I mean, everything's important, but we we would have been like, I just can't dedicate the time to this. I've got other things to do. These people are not being responsive. Uh, but she got it, it took done. a year. It took a year. It took dozens of calls, and it came in, in in small installments from people who totally could have afforded to just pay it at once. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that was what made me made me the angriest. Uh, but anyway, that yeah. But right. You know, and we paid her a percentage of that. And after that, we're like, okay, no more percentages. We're on basically a subscription. We're on a collections mm-hmm. monthly subscription now. As much as and, and there's some months where there's nothing that she has to do, and I love it. It means she's done her job so well. Yeah. Um, that we don't have anything late enough, and I'm, we're always happy to write that check, that retainer check every month. Yeah, absolutely. As 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 we are with every professional we use. Yeah, it's which was the point of this podcast. It is. It's it's we're looking back on it, thinking about some of the things we try to do on our own, and and not to get into the weeds on this because I think we're about out of time. But you know, even when you're starting the company, there are some key things that you need to do to get the company started and you're thinking, well, you know, I've got a friend who's a lawyer that can probably throw something together for us as far as an operating agreement, or, you know, I've got a guy that can do this and that, or host some stuff for us for, you know, you serve yourself well to put a little bit of research into that and get the things done right 
to begin with, and you wouldn't be going back and having to redo things or re-strategize like we had to do on numerous occasions. That's 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 a good way to do it. I mean, you don't you don't uh, if you if you think you're saving money by doing it, you're wasting all a lot more money by redoing it. Yeah. And I, you know, there are other things that we, I, I don't really equate these things to outsourcing, but there are other tools that we use, um, that we don't, um, house internally. And we can do that in a separate podcast. I kind of think of that stuff as different. This was a little bit more of an admin overview, but going forward, I would really like to have some of these folks on because particularly this retirement account information, um, that we had to put together for all of our employees. This was all like Eric said earlier, very foreign to us. That's one that I think people are hesitant to get involved with at all because there's so many variables. Um, and that's why I think we would like to get our financial advisor on here at some point and talk through some of the options for small business. Because as you, as you grow, the options that make the most sense are going to change over time. And so it's good to reevaluate and have somebody like we do that can look at things and go, okay, well, you guys are almost nine years in and you've got a lot more employees now. So let's, let's consider your options. But um, I think we've done a pretty good overview today. And um, Eric, do you have anything else before we sign off? Nah, cut it, cut it short today, guy. All right. Well, I've, uh, I'm in the process of moving, so I better get back to it. So thanks again for joining us this week, and we will see you next time.